0: mic check one two three four five episode 38 grip podcast playlist shuffle thirty-eight, the grit podcast talking with uh john jonathan jk morris again uh we're gonna get a little bit more into some sensitive topics as far as racism white supremacy you name it you know what we love to talk about uh, you can follow the grit podcast on spotify itunes podbean google play Instagram and Facebook at The Grip Podcast. Uh, when you search for us, uh, search for The Grip on um, Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, Google Play, search The Grip, T-H-E, Grip, G-R-I-P. Share the podcast with your friends and family, want to continue the conversation, you can get your Grip Be Humane, I'm sorry, your Be Humane wristbands at S-K-Y-E-N-T dot S-K-Y-E-N-T dot L-I-V-E. It's how we're living, it's what's happening live. They're $5, $1 shipping. The point of the Be Humane wristband is to get people to question uh, what it is. uh, They ask you what it is, you get to tell them what your Be Humane issue is. Civil rights, feminism, gay rights, global warming, you name it. I
1: think I know, I know who Roy But I recognize, recognize that it's getting warm, oh so warm, it's so warm in a winter's day. I'm reading backwards, reading backwards on these page, hoping to the end, the end will never come. I've been wrongly, wrongly accused. Been wrongly. I've been wrong. I've been wrongly.
0: Okay, that's Otis Taylor. Nasty Letter. Album Truth is not fiction. I love that song. Um can't remember the first time I heard it, but just after I think that was the first time I ever, I ever listened to Ojas Taylor, and uh, I just fell in love with uh, his music after that song. So I'm glad that came up. Like I said, I'm doing pretty well, I haven't had anything too embarrassing come up um, over the uh, past few episodes. So I'm due, and we'll see. The uh, second here, we're gonna go ahead and uh, call John. Hey, what's up, man? Good. You've got a really tight schedule. You're, you're so much more consistent than my uh, co-host. <laughs> you mean just like getting you right back on or just the timing of it? like Both. literally. literally. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, I'm trying to be consistent with this podcast thing. Um, one of the things I guess I'm learning, and I don't know if it's true or not, but they say consistency is one of the most important things into as to you know getting discovered and getting other people to listen to your podcast. I don't know if that's true. We'll see. Yeah, I, I, mean,
2: I do three. One of them is random because it's based on the availability of um, the co-host, um, but not many people listen to that. <laughs> so it's more like a labor of love. But the other two is once a month, but... Define define consistency. If I'm doing it once a month. Does that mean my numbers are going to be better?
0: I don't know. Like I do it every Sunday. Yeah. So I'm doing one a week. And the thing about it is, like, what I kind of don't like about that is, like, especially when I have like a really good episode, is I I I don't feel like a week is like long enough to digest the episode. You know, because it's like you dropped a really big meal on somebody. And then you're like, all right, here's another meal. It it, it almost feels like it's too quick, but people consume things so quick. I don't know.
2: There's a podcast called The Art of Charm. They were releasing two episodes a week. and It was so information dense, I just actually just gave up on it. But it's all about how to be a better person. Right. (laughs) So so I'm I'm (laughs) tactfully acknowledging that I'm not going to become a better person by not listening to their podcast anymore.
0: Yeah. So, like, I I couldn't tell you if that's there's any truth to consistency and and being, you know, discovered or having more people discover your podcast. And that's what I mean when I say discover, just having more people find your podcast. Right. You know, I yeah. I don't know. Um,
2: are we? Yeah. Go on. Sorry. No. Oh, go ahead. Are we Are we live now?
0: Yeah, we're live. I'm sorry.
2: Okay.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're on. Yeah.
2: No, I, I assume so, but I just wanted to uh, make sure. Yeah, but I but I wanted I said to you on your on the la- well in between episodes, I wanted to just clarify a few things and uh, sort of recap, if that's okay. Yeah, go ahead. And um, listening to the podcast uh, after it was uh, recorded, I got to listen to the intro and the outro.
0: <laughs> the the so, music. Say again. The music.
2: Yeah, so you were making comments about music. I mean, I, I like the random choice that you, you get your computer to make for you. But the you were talking about the consumption of music and then you sort of ended the conversation saying, oh, I don't know, it's probably just me. But I actually agree with you on the fact that consumption is getting quicker and quicker. But I don't listen to a, a music streaming service. I actually buy the album still. Um, and plus the artist gets more money yeah. for, for doing that. So and, and plus you don't keep the music I know these are really simplistic arguments but the feel of it like I could go onto my computer anytime any time and just listen to a David Bowie album for example or Miles Davis and I've got it forever and I don't understand how people can pay like the equivalent of an album each month and then say oh money's tight this month I'm not going to invest in it and then it's all gone all the music you got used to that behaviour of just the accessibility is just gone and it's like I can't deal with that so I've got to buy albums take my time with it
0: yeah it's 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 tricky for me because I love, like I think I pay I use Tidal and um, I think I pay like 12 to 15 bucks a month or something like that and for me I consume so much music it's like a deal where like I'm paying for the price of one album and I get all the albums but the thing is it's like I'm renting music because if I turn off the service I no longer have the music you know But I still have that problem with all digital music because it's all, like, in files on my computer. Like, there was something about having a record or a CD that I really liked, and you don't get that with digital music, you know? I love that it's so compressed and you can put it in your phone. That's awesome, you know? But I don't know. I'm kind of stuck in the middle between digital music and <laughs> okay. hard copies of music. I, I think I love hard copies more, but I love the accessibility of digital music.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I had the space and the time, I'd, I'd, I'd switch back to LPs. Yeah.
0: Yeah? Yeah. But then, but, but there you know. We are. Then, yeah, go I don't on. know. Like, do you drive? No. Okay. Well, like
2: can't drive in Hong Kong. It's too expensive.
0: Okay. Well, I love having music in my vehicle. So and I, I drive a lot. So uh, CDs skip. They get scratched. You know, that never happens with my digital music. Bluetooth, <laughs> you know, me and my wife can share. I don't know. It's I don't mean to get into a music conversation, but <clears throat> I love I love music. And like I said, beginning and end of every episode, I do that thing called the playlist shuffle and I just go to one of my playlists and hit shuffle and whatever comes up comes up and it's nice, like a like a fun way to kind of uh, bring in the episode and take it and take it out
2: yeah yeah I, I get it I get it I, I used to um, I used to make episodes where the music would be in the background consistently for the entire episode yeah. so it's kind of like subversive like you can hear us talking about bananas and the song would be about bananas or something
0: oh so it's really intentional
2: yeah yeah that's what I would do, but then it just took too much work to find all the tracks. And then each episode, it has to be different. I was like, I just do an intro, just like an intro jingle, and that's it.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, um, the, the other thing I wanted to pick up on was was your outro, which mm-hmm. I suppose will get us back into the into the into the meaty discussion. And it was um, you were saying like it was, you were adding a disclaimer, saying, "Okay, so I need to bring people on here that I don't necessarily agree with." And um, I don't know whether it was just me just taking it a little bit personally, but I was thinking, what did we actually disagree on? Because I thought I was just um, explaining or just providing insight at the moment, and we haven't disagreed on anything.
0: No, not really. Because um, <laughs> if if we're being honest, so like most people I have on the podcast, um, kind of they're they're American, obviously. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, And they're of like-minded thinking. And I would say you're there. Um, It's just, I believe, you know, you're coming at it from a completely different perspective. And so um, whether it's disagreeing or coming off as disagreeing, um, or it could be just the way we're talking about it, uh, for the listener... Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, sorry. For the listener... um, I don't know how they're interpreting our conversation. I don't know if they're like, are they, are they debating each other? Are they, are they agreeing? Um, yeah. Cause I, I don't think we had any like huge disagreements about anything that I can Not recall. <laughs> um, but that's the whole thing. Like I, am even that way in life and some people might say that I am more agreeable with people and um, I wouldn't say I'm agreeable. I would say that I'm open to listening to your point of view. And then, you know, we'll talk about it. But I, I don't like to hit people over the head with my points of views and opinions. So if you're saying something that I don't necessarily agree with, I'm not going to be like, hey, John, that was a shitty thing you said, unless it's like really shitty, you know. Um, so I'm going to kind of let you say your piece and then I might come back and say whatever is is I'm saying or what my, my thinking is So um, I'm like that way in life I'm like that way with people and on the podcast because you're not the only person that I've talked to that didn't have the exact kind of same views as me but my podcast has mostly been people who have different points of view that, that are different from mine I wouldn't say necessarily disagree with my points of view they just have different points of view um, like I'll have on like Hispanic women or um, a Muslim person, and we all kind of think the same way as far as humanity is concerned. But you know, we we come at it from different angles, right? And points of views. and that might be where we are. I'm not sure. Um, we'll we'll see.
2: Okay. The so, so some of the re- basic basically uh, before I move on. Okay, I understand that a bit more, but. I'm also feeling like you might feel you might get the heat. Like some people can outwardly attack a host, maybe maybe not yet, but just because you bring someone on, they think you support their views. And I guess that's why you was trying to do that disclaimer of sorts. Like I just want people with different opinion on you can't live in an echo chamber.
0: Yeah, and we're being honest. I need to do that with every guest because I've gotten in conversations with people on the podcast where people assume my point of view was the other person was the guest point of view, like you just said. And so um, I need to do that more. And I think it's important to do that because I want to show people that it's okay to have different points of view. You know, like we don't have to debate in a combative way. We can talk through it. And it's obviously easier said than done, Um, but Mm -hmm. most people kind of regress to like fighting and combat and and name calling and (laughs) you know all that stuff. And so I like I I need to point out more that I like to talk to people that have different points of view than me to show how we can find some middle ground. So that's not exclusive to you. That's that's with a lot of people.
2: Okay, uh two things I wanted to clarify from last week, just listening to the episode Mm -hmm. was one about uh the bluntness. Um not specifically to me this time, but you asked me if whether Hong Kong people were blunt. And something I didn't explain was because most people here will speak to me in the second language, they actually they actually do uh become blunt in a way because they just want to get to the point but they're not trying to be because there's no nuance with the way they use English. Mm -hmm. Like I can choose, I can choose to be nuanced if I wanted to, or I can just get to the point Whereas they have to get to the point here. So, um, again, like when I brought up that issue of the American who got upset in Japan, there are things that people do to get to the point so much like, um, excuse me. I told you I was just eating breakfast before you started. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of people will say I'm boring in Hong Kong, to say I'm boring, and it's like, what do you mean you're boring? And it took me a few, it took me a few statements to get it. But what they meant was, they're bored. <laughs> they, they don't understand the ed and the ing, and it's adults and children who will say I'm boring.
0: Yeah,
2: right. It's just it, it's it's examples like that, or they they just they just nod the head to say yes, and you're you're looking for a, a longer answer. I had a guy come and take my old fridge and they environmentally uh, dispose of it. And I said, where are you? Um, so what, what happens with the fridge? Where do you take it? And I'm because he spoke to me in English. I'm assuming he's fluent in English. And he said, we take it. Yeah, but wh- what do you do with it? We dispose of it. And it's like, oh, OK, I, this guy, this guy doesn't obviously know enough to be able to articulate it in English. And then in, in addition to that, I was on a job last week where I had to fly a drone and I had to go near the Chinese border. Mm-hmm. And we had to basically do some video uh, reconnaissance of this area. And we were being guided by these village elders who owned the land. It was, it's not the government who owns the land, it's the village people. And there was five people in the group and I was the only English speaker, the native English speaker. And I had a guy who was basically internationally educated in Vancouver and New York and he was Chinese. Mm-hmm. And if I didn't ask him any questions, they wouldn't have explained anything to me. Because they just they just don't think about explaining it, mm-hmm. and I've been I've been in various social situations uh, repeatedly where I'm at a dinner table and everyone speaks in Chinese. They won't accommodate the English speaker. Uh, they won't consciously accommodate me, and so my my um, I'll just won't turn up to some certain social engagements because I don't want to be the bad guy or I don't want to be the hassle, so to speak. It's like if you're all speaking Cantonese, why should I be that? And I don't mean that in a spiteful way. It's just like why should you all accommodate me? The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few in this case Mm -hmm. to quote spark. And (laughs) so I'll just excuse myself, but on that particular hiking trip, because we didn't know my boss didn't know when he was with me because he just said, Oh, we're just going to fly over this uh, jungle part. And I was like, okay, but then 20 minutes later, we're still hiking. And it's like, we could have just flown the drone 20 minutes around without hiking. And He didn't know, but because he didn't know, he didn't, and he was being spoken to. He didn't care to relay that information to me. So, they they don't think about in a group speaking English at all. But it's not a rudeness; it's just what they're comfortable with and what they do. Whereas, if you go to Germany, the Germans will switch to English to accommodate me. That's my experience.
0: Oh, I see. Okay,
2: right. So, I I just wanted to add that flavor, and um, the other one was me saying black people and you were saying that's that's kind of blunt. Um, Something that I I wish I mentioned last week was some further context to that is that, and maybe this can kickstart our conversation about race and perceptions and stuff. Mm -hmm. The term African-Americans, I, as a non-American, find that offensive to black people Mm -hmm. because it creates a distinction between a group of Americans and another group, which is the white group, which doesn't get the white americans treatment so that means that they are americans by default and then black americans and the other type of americans that are being used as words to just you know to to group a group of people are now the other
0: you're absolutely, so, you're absolutely right so
2: yes yeah, so some americans will say you know to me why don't you use black Amer- black americans and i have to explain on periscope when I was using Periscope and it's like, no, it's offensive. I feel, feel it's offensive. Other black people have said it's, uh, it's, it's offensive and, uh, I'm not going to use that, but I did say last week, black Africans, but black Africans, you are from a continent and there are, you know, people who aren't white or black in a continent. And I think, I think you have to kind of make that distinction, especially if I'm comparing a group of black people to another group of black people. I don't know thoughts. Let's start this.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is the thing that I've been kind of gathering because I've been listening to you talk about this topic on Twitter with me, like through the messaging and stuff. And I've been listening to all the videos you've been sending me. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, and because I'm trying to understand your point of view on this topic. And I think I'm slowly kind of understanding what you're saying.
2: But do you want to give context to the listeners, though, who I've shared?
0: Um, I don't know the guy's name.
2: Oh, okay. Um, so his name is Eric D. July, and uh, he's a he's a black libertarian. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he calls himself a black libertarian as well, just because he has a podcast and he talks about obviously his take on racial issues in America. But okay, go on. Sorry.
0: No. So like, I have <coughs> I agree with some of the things he says, and I disagree with some of the things he says. Um, okay. And like with your point of view Which I would assume is similar to his I agree with some of it And I disagree with other parts of it So like what I'm It sounds like what I'm hearing Is I think we're ultimately Me and you for example are on the same page As far as the treatment of humans Right um, We both sure. believe all people should be treated equally Yeah Right And so sure. you, you just pointed out How Black people in the United States are called African Americans, and then if you have, um, you know, Asian people here, they're Asian Americans or Chinese Americans or, you know, Hispanic uh, Americans. But white people are just called Americans, and that's absolutely wrong because it it's, it signifies that, like you said, all the people of color are other, right? Is that is that what you were saying? Yes. Yeah. White's are the default. White are real Americans and everybody else is other. So, yeah, th- that that's wrong. <clears throat> and I I've, I've made that that point, you know, even way before I have talked to you about it with other people to point out how white supremacy plays its role or one of the ways it plays its role in in, you know, American culture. And so the, the issue with that is it's not black and white for me because although that's wrong to do that, by saying, by just calling us Americans and not acknowledging that we are African or mm-hmm. black Americans, it's almost as if people are trying to unintentionally sweep away all the issues that come with being an African American. And if you sweep away the issue, then you're not resolving those issues. You're just prolonging those issues because you're not dealing with them. It it's almost like for me, as if like you're in a relationship with someone and you have some kind of issue with your spouse or the person you're you're dating. And rather than dealing with the issue, you just kind of Gloss over it and say, Well, that's wrong. We should do this differently or call it something else. You still haven't gotten rid of the issue. So, if that makes any sense, that's kind of the overall like argument I have with things like what that guy was saying. Um, and it might be somewhat of your point of view. Like, I understand we should be treated equally, but we still have to acknowledge the differences. Because there are, and there are so many like severe repercussions and consequences because of those differences, does that make sense yes, okay so what do you what do you think about that
2: well watching watching eric um eric d july he he sort of brought me into and I've only just started subscribing to him by the way uh-huh. um, but I've been binge watching his videos, uh, especially with his takes on comic books, and and then race has come second. But he's brought a level of nuance um, to an ongoing conversation that has obviously been going on in America for a long time, and mm-hmm. never realised uh, this extra level of nuance. And so again, I have no, I have no stick in the game, if that's if that's the phrase. Um, because I'm not living in America, so part of me says, "Why should I even concern myself uh, with this as an issue? Because it doesn't. Because I'm, I'm just basically on another planet uh, with regard to this. But I'm also actually fascinated, and I do feel sometimes that if there's a social, if there's a social change in America, it sets a standard. Even though the perception of America is is because it's turning negative. If, like, let's say for example, if America pulled its finger out, and when I'm in America, I mean the government. Mm-hmm. They pulled their finger out and said, listen, we're going to try and fix this climate change in five years. We're going to mobilize like we mobilized in World War Two. If they did that, everybody on the planet would also mobilize behind that and we could solve this problem far quicker. But because they're because the Republican Party are just being such assholes, um, you know, we all get to suffer. So yeah. they sort of set a trend, they set a standard that people do look up to. They do look up to America for certain things. And but at the same time, the problems that are in America are sometimes exclusively belonging to America. So there's this double-edged sword where even I am looking up to America for some sort of hope or guidance. And it, it's actually just some, maybe some tech companies that are doing it instead and or some flamen, I can't say it, flamant. People with a lot of money who give money away, thought flamant. <laughs> PH, yeah. philanthropists. Mm-hmm. Do you know? Yeah.
1: yeah, I'm an English yeah. teacher.
2: Would you believe? And I can't even say that Philan- philanthropist. philanthropist. There we go, got it. Yeah. And so you've got individuals doing it rather than the whole. Um, yeah, it's really weird because I don't have to get involved. No, or, but or don't I don't have to sideline, uh, be sidelined, and just watch or
0: spectate. That's the word. But, spectate. but but John, don't forget your thought. I'm happy you do that because yes, yes, yes. That's the other just, thing. Just beyond being looking up to America without just as a human being. I love that you're doing that. I love that you're doing that because more people need to behave that way, thinking outside of themselves. So I I applaud that.
2: Okay, thank you. (laughs) There are people on Periscope who who would say, yes, we want your opinion. But then equally there are just as many who say, you're not in America, you don't understand what it's like. I got blocked last week uh, on Twitter by somebody who basically said that. I was uh, just making a point about those children who died uh, along the border in these concentration camps and there's this whole conversation about whether these are concentration camps and they are, I, I believe they are certain people believe they are and it, but if AOC believes they are then that people get upset and say oh she should go back to bartending she doesn't know anything and it's like ah this is not constructive but they are concentration camps it's just they're not being gassed yet but this, the, the gassing is not what makes it a concentration camp? is the fact that you just concentrate a group of people there and lock them up against against their will and against the uh, the law of the land. I agree. And people want to again. If want to make these dis- distinctions and say, no, no, what well, we had in Nazi Germany, that was a concentration camp and that was a default. So when we get to that and we start gassing people, then we will um, then we'll call it a concentration camp. But then we're on your side. But they came here illegally, and so.
0: But I they feel like they would even tamed. justify them being gassed. I feel like they would say, "Well, they're criminals, and they should, and so they deserve this." It's this well, cognitive it's, dissonance kind of thing.
2: Yeah, but what's sad is that people will—the government says something's illegal, and then they'll say, "Yeah, it's illegal." And it's the government that defines people is defining people as, you know, um, illegal immigrants coming to America. But then, what gets lost inside that is that there are people legitimately looking for asylum. Yeah. and the people also were complaining and saying oh you're, you're draining resources from you know from my taxes to pay for all this crap uh, don't bring your children america has made it quite clear that if you bring your children you're going to have trouble so the government is using it as a deterrent: the idea that children are going to be separated from parents but it's not working because people are desperate but people don't understand their desperation and so we lack a lot of empathy straight from the beginning of this issue. They just see illegal immigrants because immigrants are bad. All forms of immigrants are bad. And there's a large enough amount of people there who are just like, no, stop taking our tax dollars to fund these things. But at the same time, there are billionaires who don't pay their tax. And there's that old story about, you know, there's 11 cookies on uh, on the plate and there's a white man, a rich white man, a white man, and a black man. And the rich white man takes 10 of the cookies and then tells the white man, be careful, that black man might take your cookie. And that's what's happening and it happens every single day but in America especially around the world but it's magnified in America because American news you know dominates and it just blows my mind that people are you know blaming the black man when it's the rich white man who takes more whatever it is he's taking more who upset at the black man and that's why it goes back to this other conversation where I said to you I believe it's about class not race
0: okay so Hang on to that thought. Um, yes, there I think are we need so. <laughs> like we like we to come right back there. It, <laughs> it's not even like you said the immigration. It's it's people of color immigration because there's it's happening in, yes. in, on the Canadian border, and quote unquote white people are doing it from other countries, but it's not. There's no fuss. It's the brown people. Right. So, the, one of the questions I have for you, because I'm, I'm genuinely curious here, because you talk about this class issue, and it sounds like you have a, a understanding of the game as far as what um, these rich oligarchs do with people of color and white people, as far as, like you said, the black person is going to take your cookies. So... I, I agree there is a class issue, but I also believe there's a huge race issue. I think you I don't think you have one without the other. I, I so one of the questions I guess I have is when you talk about it being a class issue, kinda of what I hear in my head is you're dismissing the, the, the race issue.
2: Um in in certain examples, yes, because uh, let's back up a bit. Do you I mean do you think everything is about race? No. Right, okay. So we're allowed some ambiguity in this conversation. Yeah. Okay. So for me, a lot of people I think I think call, I think making it a race issue is an easier concept for a lot of people to understand, especially if you're especially if you're, you know, going to be upset by immigrants or whether it's white people upset at black people or black people upset at white people. Because of you know past uh, past atrocities, I'll call them an an atrocity, and so you know there are still people calling for reparations. Black people calling for reparations, which I think there was a podcast yesterday I listened to, uh, the Joe Rogan one, and he had Abby Martin on, and part of me thought that's crazy. How can you have reparations for something that happened like 200 years ago? You know, regarding slavery, but then they pointed out that well, in America, they're still paying reparations to war veterans or well, the descendants of war veterans from the civil war and it's like hang on so the government can pay money to the war veterans but they can't pay money to black people and I was like wow totally changed my mind on that
0: because well yeah i mean and the thing is i still don't
2: know how you ca- sorry I, I still don't know how you could calculate those kind of reparations but the fact that they're doing it for one group of people and not another does sort of negate the point that it can't be done
0: well, this is the thing with the reparations, and I, I don't want to get too far down this, so I don't want to lose our, our train of thought. Uh, um, you're saying, how do you calculate that? And if, if this is kind of maybe what you're talking about, like determining who gets it and how much, I couldn't tell you how much, but I could tell you who gets it. And I could tell you it'd be every black person in the country. And the reason I would say that is because we all feel the effects of it. Yeah, and I agree. It doesn't, why would it matter? Because, like, let's say you didn't have, let's say you have black um, uh, ancestors that came here free. And they were exploring or whatnot, and they were never slaves. But those descendants still feel the same effects yes. that a slave did. Or a descendant of a slave did. We, we still have Jim Crow. We still have segregation. We still have civil rights. You know, and um, I just pointed this out the other day. I have a photo of my great-grandparents who were slaves. Wow. And so people make it seem like it's this thing that was so long ago. I'm like, yo, that's like two people. <laughs> yeah, away from me. Well maybe three. Um, my parents, her parents, their parents, there's three people. That's not long yeah. ago.
2: <laughs> no, it's not. But, um, yeah,
0: but like I said, I don't want to get down the, the whole reparation. Sure. I feel like it's a, a great conversation so, to have.
2: Um, let's rewind a bit. So we're, we're talking about um, class Classed. and race. Was you making a point? And then we talked about reparations?
0: Well, yeah, I was I was asking you, you know, in your point of view, are you dismissing, you know, the race issue? and saying well, it's not a thing, it's just class.
2: Okay, so the, uh, two things, or well, three things actually, because one of them will be an example, is that one, I do believe people who are obviously upset and traumatized by issues of race will continue to find other issues regarding race. There are those people out there, and they'll make everything about race. Two, there's a man in the UK... Uh, and he's a, he's a child of an immigrant. He's a he's a conservative MP. I think his name is Sajid David. I can't remember. But he he is a person of color, we should say, just to be polite to him. And he is actively working against um, other immigrants coming to the country. And he's one generation from being an immigrant himself because his parents are immigrants. And people are pointing out that Oh, because you're a part of the Conservative Party, and the Conservatives, if you don't know, they're typically—they all typically go to the same school, Eton, if, you, if, you've never, if you've ever heard of it, Eton, or maybe maybe Oxford or Cambridge. They're all, you know, upper class, uh, highly educated, mm-hmm. and then they all just join the Conservative Party. Whereas the, the Labour Party, which is the biggest opposition, is more of a working class, union-backed uh, party. So they are more likely to, you know, um, implement policies that are kinder. Uh, to the majority of the people living in the UK so what's the issue what is it there you speaking as a, another person of colour um, what is the issue there what do you think that is when there is a man who's basically um, working against other people who don't have white skin and he's in a party that is considered more right wing than the other parties and is also has elements of anti-semitism and racism and he's part of it so how can it be about race when he is part of it? And you can't – and some people might say, yeah, well, he's um, he's just a useful monkey, uh, to use an expression. Excuse me. We'll get onto that as well, this idea of a monkey. Um, what is it? So are
0: you've you – You've got him in
2: American government. You've got Candace – not in government, but you've got Ben Carson. He's part of the Trump administration.
0: Okay, and so you've
2: you, got people who support. Yeah, go on.
0: Okay, so you're asking how a person of color does something like this, right?
2: Yes. Okay. How, do they, how do they actively work against their own – sort of people or their own background, previous background.
0: I think there's a lot of answers to that question. I think the first answer is something I learned not too long ago. Um how can how should I say this? And I don't want to mess this up. Um (laughs) how can a let's say let's let's take a straight white man and a straight white man who is, uh, what's the word uh, for people who, for men who um, don't like women? And I mean... Misogynists? Misogynist, right. How can a misogynistic man marry a woman?
2: Well, isn't it about power?
0: If a misogynistic man who does not respect women... And treats them like shit. How can that? How can that guy marry a woman?
2: Upbringing, part of his upbringing. I'm just, I'm, I mean, I'm just guessing here, but yeah. part of it is also a uh, convoluted uh, understanding of of what it is to to be with a woman. But that, he also gets to
0: own own one. That's the same difference. The same way a person of color can work against themselves or uh, support something that, that is not in their favor. It happens all the time. I think people just get this distinction in their head that, well, how can a black person support this thing if and, and this thing be racist if a black person is doing it? I'm like, it happens every day. You have misogynistic men who marry women all the time. Like This sort of thing happens all the time. You just don't think but- of it because it's so common with misogynistic men and women
2: i get i get your point but uh, a, a single misogynistic man doesn't um sort of create any agendas or drive any agendas uh with a relationship to a larger group of people unless he goes to like somewhere where there's a there's like a group and you can just type on the internet with other misogynists
0: but, whereas but does, a politician doesn't.
2: put him I but, don't know. I don't know. I don't know how a misogynist works, but mm-hmm. I think – I think I, I get what you're saying, but I think like a, a politician
1: mm-hmm.
2: has an agenda or politicians have agendas and then they work also in the confines of group and groupthink.
0: Well, white men are currently in the United States trying to pass laws that um, lessen women's rights. Right. And that's, but they're not that's women. A, so, so y- but you're saying it's not a woman? Well, you have women, who, but the, you do have women who support those, those laws that are trying to be passed and have passed.
2: Yes, that uh, the I, men I think they're are, actively are working. They're actively working to support their own. Again, they've othered. I mean, there's different types of othering, but I think they've othered themselves. Away from those who will be harmed by the groups, because if you're rich, just like that, there was a po- American politician who went to Canada for healthcare treatment. Some guy on the Republican side, and people pointed out because because they have healthcare, you know, socialized healthcare in Canada, mm-hmm. they they can get they can get access to things that they don't want you to have access to.
0: So you're saying the rich white politicians have separated themselves from the working class white people they're har- they're harming.
2: I wouldn't say just. I wouldn't say just rich whites because there are rich blacks. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, this, this this particular politician has certainly detached himself from, you know, the needs of many, and he's implemented policies that won't directly affect him. So he's in effect, he's raising up the uh, drawbridge on uh, certain entitlements. And so I think I think some of it is part of the group that you're in. You know that phrase: "You are your five best friends." Mm-hmm. So. I, I, I honestly believe that his five best friends are just um, racist pieces of crap, uh, but they all happen to be white. But he's accepted somehow, maybe because his background is similar as theirs, and that they've they've accepted him on some level. Um, but again, it goes back to those individuals. And you were saying, well, a misogynist would still marry a woman, mm. but then it's about power and control, isn't it? Then maybe they're using him. Is, is there? Am I using it properly if I say Uncle Tom?
0: Yeah, you could say Uncle Tom.
2: Right, okay they're using him as an uncle tom and they might not communicate they might be doing that subconsciously or they might be saying oh we can get the colored vote or the black vote whatever it is in that's happening so so he's just a use, useful idiot isn't he but he doesn't he probably doesn't be he's not none the wiser
0: well that's another part of the, the my response is that you have a thing such as self-hate and then you have just idiots
2: Okay. Um,
0: As far as black people working against themselves um, or people voting against their own interest.
2: Explain. And I mean this because I obviously don't know and I don't know enough about American culture. So you need to explain this to me. So how does it work with regard to, say, Kanye and Candace Owens, who are kind of getting the limelight as black people supporting um, a racist president or a racist administration?
0: Um, I can't speak to Candace Owens because I don't know a lot about her, um, but Kanye, yeah. Um, if you're, I, I get what you're saying, if if I gather what you're saying as far as, it, you're saying it's a class issue, right? Right. Um, I, I understand that, that point and that thinking, but the thing that I think those rich black people always learn, and this train is never late, is... Let me let me back up. You know
2: Jay Z. Yeah. Okay. Jay Z.
0: Jay (laughs) Z. Jay Z's got this song called "The Story of OJ." It's a magnificent song. It's on his Four Forty Four album. Have you heard it?
2: About orange juice or OJ Simpson?
0: OJ Simpson. Okay. And um, you know what? Let me just get the lyrics here because I don't want to mess this up. Uh, Story of OJ lyrics man, Google's fast okay, the lyrics are this or this is the chorus light nigga dark nigga faux nigga real nigga rich nigga po nigga house nigga field nigga still nigga wow so basically what he's saying is No matter what level of black you are, rich or poor, you're still a nigga. And we see that play out in American culture all the time, where rich black people in that higher class get the rug pulled out from underneath them. And they always fall to race issues. And the the rich white people always go after them whether it's LeBron James, O.J. Simpson, Ben Carson. Shit's probably coming for him too. Where Will Smith, like, it always happens to them. No matter where they go, they never will fit in because they're black. They're never going to be accepted. They may be able to 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 venture in and enjoy some of that lifestyle and that class, but at the end of the day – they can get shot by a racist cop the same way I can get shot by a racist cop. And and that's kind of where I come back into the race issue. You can't escape it. No matter what class you're in, it's still an issue. Does that make, okay. any, does that make any sense or is that kind of all over the place a little bit?
2: Yes, but then... Have they? But then, why are they actively? I mean, they must read the news. Mm-hmm. Or are they so much in a bubble that the news doesn't reach their heads?
0: Well, that I, they're
2: they're working against you know.
0: Well, their own. well, I don't know. I I, I want to make sure that I clarify those examples. Like, I know Ben Carson's one of them. I think I think Ben Carson's an idiot. I mean, I know he's a surgeon, <laughs> but like him, for example, like running the secretary, I think uh, HUD. The Department of Urban um, Development, or something like that, Housing and Urban Development. Um, why would he accept that job if he has no experience in that job? I, I think he's a greedy idiot because he's currently messing up the system. There's a lot of people in the Trump organization that shouldn't be in the jobs that they're in. Like if you had a if you had a brain, you wouldn't accept those jobs because you're not qualified for those jobs. I'm just making the fact that I don't think these these are intelligent people. Um, they're greedy people because they're in there trying to get the money and enrich themselves um, but like LeBron James for example who's very outspoken against Donald Trump and uh, the Republican party um, he's not doing anything that works against he, he he's speaking out against racism and class issues all the time because he just had I think like not recently but um, he had like somebody spray paint a all over his, like, front gate and stuff. And this is, like, LeBron James. Like, this is the highest (laughs) black athlete maybe in the world, you know, and he still gets hit by the race issue.
2: Hmm. Have you seen seen that film, The Green Book?
0: No, I haven't seen it, but I've heard some things about it.
2: Oh, okay, because there's a a scene where, because you know he's, like, a famous pianist, famous, like, musician. Mm Mm-hmm. And, um, he, he plays the piano at a, at a Southern residence and all the, all the white people are enamored with him and they think it's amazing. And, you know, he's got, he's got one of the best pianos in the world and he wants to go to the, he wants to go to the toilet because of his lifestyle. He, are you still there? Yeah. Okay. Because of his lifestyle, he's accustomed to using, um, the same toilets as white people. And he tries to go to the toilet and they're like, where are you going? He says, oh, I just want to use the bathroom. And, um, he says, no, no, you have to use the one outside. And it brings it back to him that, oh, he's not really fully accepted. He's seen as like a, a novelty maybe, or a curiosity because they're amazed by, you know, his, his ability to play the piano just because he's black.
0: Right.
2: So it becomes exceptional. And, They're not rude to him in any sort of way. They're still polite and cordial to him, even at the point of saying, you're not using that toilet. They're still polite to him, but you know it's rudeness. It comes from a position of ignorance and uh, it obviously upsets him. And while the story got a bit, the story was criticized uh, for being too happy-go-lucky with its uh, source material, but it does make me think, is that happening? Up Up until Kanye or someone like Candace Owens wants to use the toilet, they won't have any problems and so they think they're accepted they think they're changing people's minds uh, inside an administration not so much you know your, yours or my minds because you know i don't think i don't think highly of them anyway purely on the things that they've said
0: mm-hmm.
2: but you haven't seen that scene so but i think you get it anyway
0: yeah um because
2: so, it supports maybe it supports maybe an idea that see we're not racist. How can we be racist it's, it's, if Kanye loves Trump and Candace Owens is is right wing? Why have you got? How can we be racist? And they're trying to like use it as a as a very thin veneer to deflect any sort of criticism that the the American left uh, the American right sorry is racist.
0: Yeah, there's this. I can't tell you how how insulting that is. For example, like. Because Republicans have done this, and I've I've had white people in my life do it, say, "Look, I'm not racist because I have a black friend. I'm not racist because my I have a, a black spouse. I'm not racist because I have a mixed kid." The only thing I'm that not pro- racist
2: because I've got friend requests from black people on, on Facebook.
0: Yeah, <laughs> whatever that is. The only <laughs> thing that proves you're not racist is not being racist. That's the only mm. thing. So to, to, to march a black person in front of me and say, look, this is my black person, I'm not racist, that's even more racist to me. That's, that, you know that's that's maddening.
2: You know that's the very first episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia.
0: No, I haven't seen that show. I hear about it, though.
2: Oh, it's... it's. I mean, they're, they're making a joke, and he isn't actually a racist. He's just, he's just misconstrued as being a racist. And he takes this black girl... On a date, and she's into him, and he takes him. He takes her to the coffee shop, and uh, he's in love with the coffee shop uh, lady. And he's like, "Now, this is my friend, my," Af-, he says, "my my African American friend, my lovely African American friend." And she's like, "Right, okay." And he's like, "Well, I'm on a date with her," and she's like, "Right." And she's getting obviously upset because he's pestering her. And he says, "Well, well, now that you know I'm not a racist, can you, can can I get your phone number?" She's like, "Oh my God, this guy." Yeah, what an idiot.
0: yeah. There's, there's, there's almost nothing more insulting than doing that. Like, it that's a that's a that's a highly ignorant thing to do. It, yeah, you should, like, I'm
2: not doing it justice, but you should watch that first episode. If if you're gonna watch one, you should watch the very first one.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. <laughs> um, my brother-in-law always talks about that show. Um, so yeah, uh, the only thing that proves you're not racist is not being racist. The only thing that proves you're not a misogynist is not being misogynist. Like, it's your actions, and that's how you can have black people who work against black people. You can have black people who are racist against themselves. Self-hate is a real thing. And then you also have racial fetishes. I've done a lot of episodes with about this, where you'll have, like, white men, for example, who like Asian women. You'll have white men who are attracted to the black women. That doesn't mean they're not racist. It just means that's what they like sexually. You know what I mean? The only thing that proves mm-hmm. you're not racist is not being racist. I, I can't like iterate that enough to those people who, who do those kind of things. Um. So,
2: but then, but then, are these people of color being racist? Yeah. The ones who are in support of a of a, a white government, whether it's the UK or whether it's the you know the American yeah. current administ- administration, yeah. are they being racist towards their own? Yeah. And you don't and you don't see that as a class thing.
0: Well yeah, I, it is a class thing. They, and, but the thing okay. is, they—I think—they think they're benefiting from that, and they might be like in, enjoying some, you know, immediate monetary gain from that decision. But I think long term, all they're doing is they're hurting themselves and their children.
2: Okay, but then that idea of like chasing the money—does that come? Which is coming first? Are they doing it? Are they being racist to get the money, or are they? getting the money, which in turn makes them out to be Uncle Tom's, which is a form of racism, self-hate. Like, Which one's coming first? That's what interests me. That's why I'm careful to say, is it about class or is it about race? I mean, what's the primary motivation? Which one's coming first, the chicken or the egg?
0: Well, I, I would say in order for a human being to do that to another human being, you know, where you're 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 hurting them by your policies or the things your behaviors and the things you do. In order for a human being to do that to another human being, you have to be a certain kind of human. You have to be a shitty person. Uh, in my opinion. Okay. So that I can agree with. <laughs> I, I I think you know, their pursuit I mean, I don't know that you could really say it's one or the other. I, I think it, it could be either or. It could be they're born, because you have this all the time, where you have people born into a class. You could ha- have black people born into a class, and they're not aware of the issues that other black people face because they're in a somewhat position of privilege because they're born into a rich family. Right, a rich, but then black should family. they...
2: Should they get involved?
0: I think they should because let's say that their financial situation changes. (laughs) Okay. What's the end game? You know what I mean? Like if your financial situation changes and now you're not rich anymore, now you have to hang out with the rest of us, how are you gonna get treated? You should have fought for what you should you should have fought for what was right. For the equality of all human beings.
2: But then if you look at it, if you're looking at some people might be looking at it purely on terms of race and they can have a negative reaction to my interest or positive reaction to my interest. But like if you think of it as a spectrum, you're saying I'm I'm at the beginning saying was why should the black person um, get involved because they're of a different position and they've never experienced hardship. But then I'm also in the same position as him in the sense that, you know, I'm, I'm middle class by myself, because I've made sacrifices, I can afford different things, so I'm not lower class. But then I'm also white, so am I always anchored or not anchored or expected? Are the same expectations not placed on me like they are on him? Because, you know, as JC says, they're all typically, you know, still the N-word.
0: Yeah, because it's the right thing to do.
2: Okay, But but then what about me then?
0: It's the right thing to do. (laughs) <laughs> let me tell you, let me ask you this, John. If you were walking down the street and you saw an infant baby in the middle of the street, would you not run and go get that baby out the street? Yeah, of course. Why? Because it's the right thing to do.
2: <laughs> to use a great man's words.
0: <laughs> you know, like people who aren't upset about the children at the border who I've had people say some pretty insensitive things to me about it. And I'm like, you know, imagine that's your family. Imagine that's, you know, a relative or a friend of yours. Imagine that's your kid. You know, no, that's that's horrible. You know, you should be concerned about that because those are other human beings. And now I think some people have this idea that, well, they're like, it's so far away from me, I can't do anything. You could do something. Like me and my wife, we donate money to um, ACLU. And uh, there's another organization. And they have lawyers who go represent the immigrants. You know, there's there's always a little something you can do. Um, and there's a lot of issues in the United States and it, well, the world, you know. Um, there's always something that you can do to make somebody's situation better. It, it, it's just having that kind of empathy. When you see a homeless person begging on the corner, you know, if you got a dollar, give them a dollar, you know, get something. Um, so it's just having empathy um, is how I look at it. It's the right thing to do. And, you know, I don't know if you're religious. Um, I'm not. No, i I'm I not. I do believe in God, but I'm not like religious. I don't, I'm not a Christian or anything. Um, so if you believe there's a judgment day, you know, there's some motivation for you. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you do?
2: <laughs> I, do well, I don't believe in... It, well, you know, the right, the political right is linked to religion. And, you know, if, if, if they actually believe the things that they were saying, then they would be kind of people. Um, they, do, they do seem to cherry pick uh, the Bible,
0: yeah, uh, to, to ridiculous
2: amounts, and it's it's too easy to to, uh, to sort of own them on Twitter when they say stupid shit um, because they don't believe in it. They're using it as a as a way to sort of um, corral other people. I believe
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, more simple-minded people who do believe it. It's just a, it's just a mass. It's just a form of control. Yeah, or a way to yeah, form of control. Keep it. Up, so I'll just keep it there like that. Yeah, so um, I have another I have another example for you if you if you want to move on or
0: no I was going to go back to class.
2: Okay, no, but, but still, uh, I'm still trying to find nuance in this idea of uh, race or class and what you're saying. Yeah, if you just say be a nice person, then it's kind sort of it kind of like sidesteps this idea that well it's it's you're just a shitty person. Um, but then how you perceive yourself is wholly subjective and so. Obviously there are some people, whether they're black or white, they do believe they're doing good things. And that it'd take a lot of effort to shake them from this from their from their sort of ideology. Just like this particular MP in the UK who thinks he's doing good things. Or um, he's just but then good like for example, if it's if he's saying if you're saying, you know, don't be a shitty person, he might think, Well, if more people come to this country then fewer people in the UK have opportunities because the immigrants are taking the opportunities from our people, so to speak. Even though he's not white, mm-hmm. so so from his point of view, he is doing a good thing, isn't he? That's that's, that's the problem with. I mean, I get behind what you're saying. Yeah, because they, it it's, seems it's that everybody kind of subjective. Yeah? yeah, but everybody. It seems that everybody in, who has a position of power is is corrupted, and as they say, you know, power corrupts. And it just seems to be consistent. There's only a few people uh, politically that I know of who, who don't try to harm anybody. And, you know, objectively, they are trying to not harm anybody. Whereas these people are probably can, can make an argument and say, well, we don't want them here because we don't have enough jobs. We don't have enough housing. So, you know, why should they get all this stuff for free? And the natives have worked hard for their you know social credit for other people to take it. So they make this moral argument and they honestly believe it.
0: Yeah, um, I'm sitting here thinking about how to how to understand this class and race conversation, and it, in my head, it it's almost like let's say class is a car engine.
2: The what? A car engine. Okay. A car
0: engine. <laughs> and racism is the fuel.
2: This is another Matthew Sky analogy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's the it's the fuel that drives okay. the engine. It's kind of how it I think about it in my head. You can't have one without the other. You need the okay. fuel for the engine.
2: But yeah. if you if I want to take your analogy further. Um, Let's pretend you need an ign- you need an, well, don't pretend you do need a, an ignition mm-hmm. to light up that car. What is the ignition? Is it media representation? Is it perpetuated stereotypes? Is it misunderstanding? Just
0: it's driving. Gonna, it's gonna be whatever. It's gonna be how like when those two things collide. Like there's there's a reaction. Like you said, the ignition. Like there's a spark. Something's happening. It's going to be whatever that incident is in my head. It could be ra- it could be slavery. It could be a police shooting. It's going to be an event,
2: right, something that but, points
0: it out, right?
2: Yes, but then if the if the event is being misrepresented, then that that isn't it isn't what it appears to be, is it?
0: Well, what do you it's mean not wholly when you say-
2: about other people saying, "Well, that's racist." So.
0: How do you mean? Like it could be misrepresented? Like what you're saying? Okay, so take
2: take a white supremacist for example. Uh, Again, the Joe Rogan episode yesterday Mm -hmm. was talking about Richard Spencer, and he's not getting so much media attention now. And he's trying to. He's going gone to rallies, and there's literally like ten people turning up. And there are elements inside U.S. society. And outside, let's say the Russians, who are, f- uh, who are sowing the seeds of discontent and making it, making something about something, and it probably doesn't exist. I don't know how much you have known about this, and this sounds like really whack, but there are there are Facebook pages that um, will take the position of the black man in America, and then there are other p- pages that will take the position of, say, Southerners who want to succeed from, you know, from the United States, I say Texans, and they create these Facebook groups and then they build up an audience because they look American. They look like real Americans are having these issues. And then they hold these rallies in the same place opposite one another. And they've talked about it many times on the Joe Rogan podcast. So this is my only source for it, uh, directly about this example that I'm talking about. So there are elements outside of America that are trying to interfere with the society the fabric of society inside of America because they know that Americans generally have a have a binary take on many issues and if you can upset enough people then they can believe certain things are happening in their country when they're not so Richard Spencer the media don't really focus on him anymore he goes to these rallies and no one turns up because he's because basically he's a nobody but the media gave him a platform to make him somebody and then people get upset and say, this, this Richard Spencer is going to get punched every single time he's in public. But who is he? He's a nobody. He's manufactured.
0: I hear so what you're it
2: saying. It perpetuates an, an ongoing argument that probably doesn't need to exist. It's just that the media will still play up issues of race so that people are continually upset at each other. Again, the white man with that one cookie versus the black man.
0: So, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. Um... I I don't think there I mean there are there are a lot of us by us I mean black people and white people who um, are humane um, that are very well aware of the numbers you know like Trump lost he lost (laughs) the election if we're being honest you know by like like, by like a million or plus something votes he he won popular vote. Yeah, he won by the electoral college, which is a whole other conversation, and that's got a lot of gerrymandering involved in it. Um, we know that the numbers on these people are very, very, very few.
2: What do you mean numbers?
0: Uh, on the racist, the 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 extremist, the okay. neo Nazis. We know there's like ten of these guys, right? The extremists. And I'm, I'm exaggerating. <laughs> we know there's not a lot of them, right? But what there are a lot of are innocent, uninformed white people. And
2: well, I, so, I just for a second, but you, you do do you believe that there are also the equal type of person on the black side? Sure. Okay. Okay. I just want to. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Someone might be listening
2: and say, "Jonathan, why don't you just,
0: you know, point that out?" Yeah. Um, <clears throat> there are a lot of, um, yeah, uninformed, innocent white people, and I'll use my wife for for example. Um, I think the most dangerous form of racism is the most subtle form of racism. It's not the overt Nazi. <clears throat> it's when you go to the mall. And Santa Claus is white. That's the most powerful form of racism and white supremacy.
2: But sorry, this this could get into another whole topic. But if Santa Claus is white and he's been white forever, in one sense, um, and this goes back to Eric D. July. If you make it a black guy in that costume, well, isn't that just token representation?
0: I I hear what you're saying. So let let me let me get to okay. that because um, the point I'm making is a little bit different from what he's saying. Um, the point I'm making is that you go to the mall at Santa Claus is white. Okay. You go to... You turn on your TV, and all the, the heroes are white. Die Hard, Bruce Willis, you know, Steven Seagal, the Avengers. You know, the majority of what you see of people in these positions of power are white. The doctors are white, the judges are white, the cops are white. The majority of the the millionaires and billionaires are white. A lot of the executives are white. The numbers are starting to to change over time, but that's the most powerful form of racism and white supremacy because it's the most subtle and it's not it's not mean and it's not intentional that for my belief It's considered normal. So my son, for example, he sees white characters in all of his cartoons. He then subconsciously begins to think white is normal. So when he sees himself in the mirror and his skin is darker, he's like, well, I'm not normal. I'm other. That's the most dangerous form of racism, in my opinion, and that's what gets a lot of people hurt. In this country, whether I, it's a, I, I, yeah, go on, sorry. Yeah, whether it's a police officer policing someone, um, because you don't know where they're getting their information. You know, do they have any people of uh, friends that are people of color? Are they getting their information from TV shows and movies where they show black people as gangsters and drug dealers? So when they see me walking down the street, they're like, "Hey, that's probably a bad person. Let me pull him over." And yeah. check him out.
2: Okay, I want to. I wanna, just want to push back against that
1: mm-hmm. uh,
2: what you said. And there's, there's still a lot to unpack. And I, I didn't actually make my third point, but I'm, I'm, but it's okay. I, I can I can hold on to it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: The you're talking about black representation for children, but at the same time, um, Eric D. I'm not going to quote everything from Eric D. July, but it's poignant because I only listened to him yesterday about it, and so I'm listening to two black people, and so you two have got a difference of opinion. But he's saying
0: he makes good points. Um, I, I listened to his video,
2: right? Um, and I've also got my own interpretation of what you just said about children being underrepresented. But he's saying that children will play with anybody; they don't care and they don't think about race until parents or the environment, another element of environment, um, it's interferes learned. with that child's right. It's learned, yeah. And so you're saying, you're saying your child will grow up, but is he learning about this othering because he is othering himself? Is he learning that from you primarily? Because you've thought about this issue a lot and so subconsciously somehow you're giving that to your child. Now, you can say, maybe I'm not, maybe I don't, you know maybe you are. You don't, I don't know your situation, plus you're in a different country to me. Mm-hmm. But when I was a child, I could watch Bruce Lee movies. I didn't other myself watching Bruce Lee. Now you can say, well, it's because you're white. But at the same time, my background, we were uh, lower middle class. My dad was divorced. Um, you know, we didn't have a lot of money. But when I saw Bruce Lee, I was like, wow, this fucking dude is amazing. I wish I could do, you know, uh, I I would just call it karate when I was like six. I never set myself up as an other to that person. Mm -hmm. So speaking from my own experience, I've I've always had Asian culture in my life because I used to live in Hong Kong as a baby. I was around Hong Kong people. Um, Then my dad obviously watched Bruce Lee movies and all sorts of imported asian movies and so i've never i've never got behind this idea entirely that um you need black or you need asian action stars to uh appeal to other people who aren't necessarily obviously of that of the uh, of the race aspect that you're talking about but at the same time i do want to see i'm not saying i don't want to see i'm saying you know because black panther is amazing but at the same time Black Panther, for example, took a lot of money, but is it because all the black people went out and saw it? Or is it because it's a really good movie and everybody who's interested in comic books saw it? And even the media narrative would say, oh, it got the black people out. So does that mean that black people will only watch black people's movies? But that in itself is a form of racism. And supposedly then, oh, there's an untapped potential here, so we need to make more black movies. When really, if you just make good movies, then everybody will see them. And you just you just try to be st- not strategic. What's the word I'm trying to think of? If you start defining who should be in a movie based on their skin, then it causes other problems. Whereas I think Hollywood, because we're off roughly the same age, Hollywood is of a different age, so uh, different space it comes from a different time. Watching movies as a child, the, the white people were in the majority, but are there are there Asian um, are there Asian and Black movie stars now that people can look up to? I would say yes, but at the same time, look at China. China only has Asian superstars. And no one says to China, hey, you should have more representation. Obviously, China is like 92% Asian. Mm -hmm. So I would say that, you know, 92% of their movies should have Asian people in it. But in America, you can say, well, Americans, white people are still the majority. But then they've got that, um, what's the word? Not it's uh, inertia. They've got this inertia thing going on where, yeah, the world white people hired, hiring white people, and you've got to open it up. There's all sorts going on, but again, I don't believe wholly in this idea that if you grow up as a child and you see someone different that you're going to sort of say, well, I'm not represented.
0: Well, I'll say this from personal experience, from my experience, having being a person of color, when you grow up, and or when I grow up, and that's what I see, is uh, white characters all the time. Um, it messes with, and I'm being on. You just have to. You're just going to have to take my word for it, because this is just my personal experience.
2: No, well, yeah, I have to. I can't dismiss it. And again, yeah, it, I, I didn't make my point clearly, but you live in a different environment, so it's yeah. going to like have compound effects. No. Cumulative
0: effects. You assign value to things in life, whether you do it whether you're aware of it or not. And so if all I see is white 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 and I don't see myself represented anywhere, you begin to look at yourself as different. I d I don't know that's something that you somebody can teach you, but I think it's gonna happen naturally over time because it happened to me. Where You know, I would look down on black people because I was surrounded by white people growing up in Columbus, Ohio. I go to Memphis, Tennessee, where there's a bunch of black people, and my, my world's like shocked. It's like, it's, it's like a 180. And I've been, I didn't begin to learn about self value and self worth. Oh, we're important too. Because, believe it or not, like, I go to a predominantly white school as a kid. Those white kids treat me different. So, I guess at the end of the day, kind of to to your point about representation, to kind of cut through everything, if I could just maybe try to get to the point, I think the point is, or or the issue is, This country, I'll speak about the United States, Mm. has opened up a can of worms and they've never really dealt with it. And you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. (laughs) You know, you squirted it out like it shits out there. And it's so ingrained in society, you can't get around it. You're going to run into it anywhere you go whether it's intentional or unintentional you can't get away from it any every single kid on this on, on this in this country is going to learn racism in one way or another because it's a part of american history it's a part of our society i'm going to see it when i walk out the door of my house like it's so ingrained in everything that we do you can't get away from it and like i said it's it's the most subtle ways that a lot of my white friends, I'll point things out to them and they'll say or do something around me and I'll make the point that that hey, maybe you shouldn't say that sort of thing because that's insensitive to me or you should have never thought about or you never thought about it this way. Um, I can't think of a specific example off the top of my head. Um, but they say things to me like, oh, I never thought about that. The same way I'll make an ignorant comment about women, and my wife will say, hey, Matt, you should think before you say that because of this thing. And I'll say, hey, I never thought of that, because that's not my point of view. My point of view is limited to what you know I see and I experience. So I guess at the end of the day, all I'm saying is the reason I'm always going to talk about race is because race is like a bullet wound in your body that people keep trying to put a bandaid on. And I'm like, you can't put a bandaid on a bullet wound. You have to, you got to get the bullet out. You know, you got to sew up the injury. You got to give it time to heal. And the thing about the United States is they've never, we've never pulled out the bullet. We just keep talking around it. And it's like, we, it's not this. We're not, we can't deal with it or it's not a problem, or it's not as bad as you say. I'm like, no, there's a fucking bullet in your chest. You got to get the bullet out. And so it's like with a relationship. I don't mean to keep harping on this. If you never deal with the problem, the problem doesn't go away. In any relationship, you're going to have to deal with the problem if you want to have a successful relationship. So that's how I think of it. I'm like, we have to talk about this shit. It's awkward. And the funny thing is, nobody wants to talk about it. That's how sensitive it is. <laughs>
2: Except,
1: okay. <laughs> like nobody, but, but, like
0: you, if you and your and your your partner have a real sensitive issue, and I'm, I'm sure you guys have something, it, or maybe you don't. I don't know. You actually, know.
2: Actually, I'm just trying to think. We don't have any sensitive issues.
0: Yeah, you guys might have a great wish, but let's yeah, say it's a perfect relationship <laughs> <Matthew>. <laughs> You know, but let us say I'm super sensitive about. Okay, I'm a germaphobe, right? Okay, this this is a real thing. You know, and all I like to wipe off shit because I'm like, oh, that shit's dirty, wipe it off. You know, like I touch a gas pump and I come home, I want to wash my hands immediately. If my wife says, Matt, you know, since that's that's a real sensitive thing for me, if she comes home and 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 I'm like wiping off shit and she starts to call me out on it, I'm I'm like OCD. Um, I haven't been diagnosed, but I am. That topic is super, super sensitive for me, and I'll start to fight over it because it's a, it's a weak thing for me. It's a weak spot, and I'm not strong in that department. And so my natural go-to is to defend myself or fight back because it's a, such a sensitive topic. And I feel like that's raised. It's such a sensitive thing for so many people. It's too difficult to deal with. And that's why I think there's so much like energy behind it, so much, you know, hate and, and anger and emotion. There's so much behind it. If this country never deals with it, I don't think we fix the class issue. Because I believe you there is a class issue. If we can get white people, black people, and Hispanic people to vote together in this country, we could have a whole nother party that addresses our issues because I'm not, and I think your, your guy was saying this on YouTube, like how he talks about Democrats and it's like the, the Fox um, in the hen house or something. I can't remember how he put it. They get you with being like, we're your friend. I don't think there's a black person with a brain that thinks Democrats are here for us. It's the lesser of two evils. I don't look at Democrats as the saving grace and I damn sure know that Republicans aren't. So what a lot of us are doing is we're we're just we're choosing the lesser of two evils. You know, Republicans are actively passing laws that reduce our civil rights. That's like a thing happening right now where we're like starting to get a little freaked out. Okay. Democrats won't do that. Democrats will use black people to get in power and they will pass some laws that fuck with us, but they're not going to be as bad as the Republicans. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, and then what your boy says, the guy on YouTube, he says he's a libertarian, so he's the vote Republican or Democrat. A lot of us look at that as, well, if we're being honest, my friend, you're supporting the Republicans, whether you want to or not, because they're going to show up to vote. And they're going to win and in turn we get fucked with so Good kinda, point. so it's like you it's kind of like putting your head in the sand i'm like dude you're going to have to pick a side you can't just say i'm a libertarian and like i'm not going to get involved because they're both fucking us we know they're fucking us <laughs> you know but they're not fucking us as bad
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: yeah There's so much to unpack here and we've already been talking for like an hour 20. Yeah. Um, I mean, you said it probably be a
0: few episodes.
2: Yeah. uh, But then I don't know if people want to keep listening to me (laughs) (laughs) talk about this. Um, How can I say this? Yeah. You know, ultimately I have to know my place. Um, There are, there are things that I'm just not going to fully understand because I've never set, never set foot on your soil. And I'm taking the words of, say, Eric D July. I'm taking your words. Yeah. And nothing can. I think I, I think actually this is a, this is a good thing for everyone to, to take from. It's like, if you don't know, then you just shut the fuck up. and the more the more the more I learn about it, the more I feel like I should just shut up. <laughs> um, even though I would say like I'm trying to get involved, trying to you know keep myself up to date on the, the nuances of the issues or even just the big issues you will always to use a word trump me in that regard because i have no life experience and i, I think there's enough people in this world who who think they do have the experience and they don't and they're still like I, i'm saying like i should stop talking but there are enough people in this world who, who don't say that who aren't As cordial and they want to continue it because they want to be right. Not that I'm saying I'm I'm right or wrong. I just don't have that experience. So, you know, what am I even doing in one sense?
0: (laughs) No, I mean, like I said, I love that you do that because I think one of the only ways that we figure out this race issue and class issue is we have to talk about it. Like so many people say, what's the solution? And the whole thing is, I don't know, I don't think anybody knows, but I think how we get there is to start talking to each other. And then also, I think people, to me, seem to be looking for this big sweeping change. You know, I don't think it happens that way. I think it's, I think it's inches. I think it's little victories. I think it's very little victories. I think it's little inches. I think it takes every single person. I don't think, like... A black president getting elected solves the problem it definitely does not you know it's 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 little inches man it's me talking to you on the podcast it's you know it's my neighbor dealing with issues within their family it's it's little it's inches
2: yeah you've got to but you've got to communicate those 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 that expectation because people did expect something big to come from the barack obama presidency and actually i consider his presidency a failure um i don't think he was i don't think in the end he was very good especially with his foreign policy um he just seemed to do the same things as all the other white presidents uh personally i mean that could be another conversation Mm -hmm. um but looking at it from from again outside of america i don't know what you're getting on the inside but I know that obviously it would be, it be. Will it be a binary issue? I don't know. I'm making an assumption there, but there are things that we felt outside of America that were just like, but he's just doing the same thing as Bush, and yet he's supposed to be the savior. He was he was hyped as the savior. People got upset, and then and then there's this massive disappointment. Oh, we're not living in a post-racial society. Oh, I thought we were. Oh, I guess not because you know it it came back to well rebound with. This next president, who supposedly is not a racist.
0: <laughs> well, one of the most important things that I can tell you from my per, my perspective is the great success, or one of the great successes from President Obama's presidency was representation. Right. Because my, my best friend from high school, his son was born during, um, he, he's black, his son was born um, under President Obama. And when his um, when his son got older and Trump got elected, he says to his dad, hey, dad, a white man can be president? Wow. So that's bananas. <laughs> you know, but like, what's... What's that kid's, you know, ceiling? Like, how does he see the world? This is kind of that representation conversation again. Like, how does he view himself? And this is something that, um unfortunately, a lot of white people I know take for granted because you're so well represented throughout sure. the world. So it's not an issue to, to you. And I'm not saying you specifically, but... So just white people like they're like, well, why is that important? I'm like, well, it's not important to you because you're so well represented. You see yourself everywhere. We don't see ourselves everywhere. And then we run into all the issues when we're going to get like a job, you know, because white people like to hire people like to people like to hire people who look like them. has been my experience. So, you know, that's why you might see a lot of black people working with other black people. Um, But the whole thing is we're not in positions of power and throughout a lot of places in this country. So we can't do a lot of those hiring. Um, So that's why representation is important because it gets us jobs. It gets us fair treatment. It gets us out of the prison system. It keeps us alive. That's why representation is so important to people of color because it saves our lives and it makes our lives better. Yeah. Because, you know, that's why Black Panther was so awesome for so many people of color because it just, it just creates, it lets people's imagination go wild. You know that you got Netflix?
2: No, I don't, I don't subscribe to movie or music.
0: Okay. Um, there's this series on Netflix called now they see us and it's the most, I think it's now the most viewed show ever on Netflix and it's about the five black kids that were wrongfully accused in Central Park for raping a, um, a white woman. And that show um, depicts, basically, these five black kids were wrongfully accused and they spent, like, years in prison so they were, like, men um, for this white woman who got raped by this one guy who got away. But they he finally got, I think, admitted to it. Um, but that shows the most viewed show on Netflix. And you won't believe... Like the conversations that white people are having with black people because of that show they're like oh so the prison system is unfairly targeted towards African Americans we're like we've been saying that shit for years
2: (laughs) yeah it takes a movie to uh, (laughs) to open up someone's uh, brain
0: yeah but you watch a Netflix TV show and you're like oh we're like yeah you know Uh. Yeah, so that's why um, I say personally representation is so important in film and in, in, in so many things because it literally saves our lives.
2: I I have this I have this belief just to go off what you're saying that Game of Thrones has Game of Thrones allows everybody to watch something together and nobody can up, can get upset because it's a fantasy. It's not it's not a direct representation of our world.
0: But you know what, John? We did get upset.
2: Oh, why? Because there's not enough
0: black people in it? <laughs> there's not enough black people in it. But, <laughs> but, we still watched it and enjoyed it until they cut Masandé's head off.
2: Oh, okay. Wow. Um, no, but there's themes in there that, you know, basically, if you're trying to, like, you're saying that the prison system is incarcerating more black people, and the white people are like, oh, yeah, 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 I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure. Then they watch a TV program, something that isn't going to offend them so much as much i know some tv shows do but they don't have someone who might be they don't take it personally because the tv is a passive form of entertainment yeah it's easier to digest different to a person engaging with you and saying listen white people are doing this and they feel you know like shit because well i'm a white person so that means i'm doing i'm this person that you're talking about they take it personally but a tv show like game of thrones allows people to see especially how evil people are and the different shades of being evil exist. You know, you have Cersei Lannister, who is basically one of the most evil characters in the show, but she loves her children. And so it allows all the characters to have varying degrees of like, you know, 50-50 good and evil, 70-30, 80-20, 99 uh, and 1%. You know, and the Night King is the absolute most evil person, supposedly. Yeah. He didn't get a chance to speak. They didn't, la- they didn't let the blue man speak. Um, and so hope, I, my theory is that hopefully that nuance from that show allows people to sort of sit back and realize, oh, not everybody is going to be purely evil. Not everyone is going to be purely good. And so looking at it in binary terms is, is not appropriate because all those characters can cloud your perceptions of others because ex- they do exist. Those types of people do exist. There is somebody like Trump. He is basically a bastard. But he does love his children. Even Clinton said so in the presidential uh, primaries. She lo- he, lo- he, does- he does love his children, and that does come from a position of, you know, uh, positivity. But it's not enough for the rest of us, is it? Whereas Barack Obama, you know, he was he is a better president, but he wasn't wholly 100 percent good. And it's not because it's a race thing. It's just because, as you said, you know, be a good person. But he wasn't. In other countries, you know, he did kill people of color in other countries. Yeah. So if we look at if we look, at, if, I know it sounds really lame because it takes a TV show to do this, but we have to look at people with this sort of ambiguity in mind. Because if you just say everything's just one thing or the other, then you, you're not going to have a healthy conversation to the issues that need solving.
0: Yeah. So I, I guess kind of my solution to this this issue is there's obviously, in my opinion, more that unites us than divides us. Yeah. Okay. Again, it's, again, I, it's that I believe cookie, it's that. that
2: cookie analogy. I,
0: I, I wholeheartedly believe that that there's more that unites us than divides us, um, but well, I we think. Well, we should
2: all be upset that there's one cookie left.
0: Yeah, but see that, that's the that's the class issue, um, but my whole thing is we can't get we can't resolve that class issue till we resolve the race issue. Because I think the the class issue is is once 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 we resolve that, to me it's like okay now we can start to move forward in a unified direction. No matter yeah, the color but, of your skin. Yes. But we have to get over. We have to get. We have to get done with the race thing first. And uh, I don't. Oh. That's, that's going to take time.
2: I thought you said class thing first. <laughs>
0: Well, no. I mean, like I it, 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 said, so that's my perspective because if you don't resolve the race issue, it's going to pop up again when you're having when you're dealing with the class issue. But if you can get rid of the race issue, then we can all move forward with the class issue because we resolved the race issue. If you uh, never resolve the a, race issue, then I, it's going to pop up again, and we're going to be fighting again. Maybe
2: this is a this is a weird point. Mm-hmm. To sort of um, state our uh, our polar opposites on a, on a topic, but mm-hmm. I think the class issue should be fixed first, and the race issue would solve it not solve itself, but would, would be would go towards being solved if you fix the class. Because again, I think the media plays a massive part in this. You know the media is owned by a few white people, so again, race is a part of it. Mm-hmm. But if white people realise that they're in some white people, are – well, not some. I mean, the majority of white people are in the same position. Um, although this could be very contentious me saying this, but I just mean economically, if they're in the same position as black people, then they should look at each other much in the same way that Bruce Lee would say. You know, we're all we're all we're all the same under the under the heavens, right? Mm-hmm. Cause he talked about representation as well. He's, but he said, you know, we're all brothers and sisters under the heavens, right. and if we realize that and we work towards that, it would solve. You know, and we could, we could unify. Then yes, we would solve this class issue and the race issue. I, that, I think solving one before the other is a bit weird. I think both have to be solved because we have to see the, it's it, it's the it's the rich white man that's the problem.
0: I mean, but I'm I'm problem. open to that, them being resolved at the same time. Yeah. I'm open to that.
2: Um, I, I have some. I have three three things I want your opinion on before we wrap up because I feel like we should we should be wrapping up. We probably agree should or disagree. Okay. <laughs> we probably should. Um, <laughs> but uh, or should I save it? No, I should tell. No, maybe I should tell you, and then you can give me the answers next time.
0: Okay. So let me let me write. It How down. about that?
2: So we can leave it on a cliffhanger. Okay. Okay. So I'll give you these. i give you these three examples, without trying to like uh, lead you into like questioning them. Um, so I'm saying there's everything about race there was an issue in Sweden with H&M where there was a black kid wearing a t-shirt or a jumper and it said the coolest monkey in the jungle and
0: that was fucked up
2: people on Twitter people on Twitter said this is an issue of race but people on Twitter don't represent the people in the real world and the parents obviously who were in charge of the child had to sign a model release form and the parents were black now they didn't have a problem with it because we use that term, the, you know, oh, the children are naughty monkeys, but because monkeys are sometimes represented as being the same as black people, then people get upset. So that's, that's the first one. To me, that was not racist, but on a subjective level to some people, it was, but if the parents didn't care because they signed off on it, then why make it an issue of race? And If this is and if and if the word if to to represent people black people as monkeys in America is very common, it isn't outside of the US. So, your perceptions in the US shouldn't be transferred to us outside of the US because then you're just perpetuating new issues for the rest of us to sort of talk about that we've already have no issue with. Okay, okay, that's the first one. That's the first one (laughs) when Hurricane Katrina happened there were some white people uh, trapped in a stadium with loads of black people. And in the news article that I was reading, the black people supposedly were going to attack the the white people. Are you still here? Yeah. Okay, it's just getting a poor connection on my end. Now, they were going to go for the... They said, supposedly in the article, that they were going to rape the white women and because they, were, they have blonde hair. And then they didn't because the white women spoke with an English accent. It was an English family that were trapped in Katrina at the time. They weren't, black, they weren't white Americans. So once they knew that, but they were still white, they weren't going to rape them, which I thought was fascinating because they are basing it on race, but then it's not about race because they're white people from a different part of the world. That's, that's the second one. And then the third one is something closer to me. Well, I was on Periscope watching a black man, talk and I asked a a question or raised a differing point of view and he preempted his discussion by saying are you white and I said yes and because he thought I was from he thought I was Chinese because my profile picture that you used looks a bit yellow shall we say on the skin tone (laughs) and he then started being critical because he had to preempt his answer by asking first if I was white and that to me represented somebody who's looking for an argument with white people but I thought, hang on, but I'm not American white, I'm not white American and so whatever you are basing your perceptions on is from your homegrown environment and you're interacting with somebody who's not brought up in the same conditions or similar conditions as to other white people that you're usually combative with Okay?
0: Okay, so hold on (laughs) I'm writing this down
2: So maybe we can talk
0: about those three things next time. Um, let me ask you this: I had a question that I wrote down for you. You, okay. you. you you made a reference earlier, and I I don't I don't know if you maybe just clarified it. You you made a a term or you said the monkey something. I guess referring to a politician, but you were saying it was a different. It meant different overseas than it does here.
2: Oh, this was at the beginning of the conversation, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, and I was like, you know, wait, what do you what do you mean with that? Like, I don't, um, you just kind of scooted past it. <laughs> so I wanted I, to. Do you remember what you what you were referring to?
2: I was talking about the politician, and I mentioned monkeys. Uh, I have to listen to the podcast.
0: Was that? Oh, do you? Was that? A, you said that's a term you use for children goofing around over there, or what was that?
2: Well. I thought, well, actually, we do say that, you know, oh, he's just a stupid monkey. We say that to anybody. Okay. They're just children are just silly monkeys. But I have heard Americans also say it, where they thought, well, aren't all children monkeys, naughty monkeys?
0: Yeah. So you say that about so a a black So then now claim period. that it's
2: now a racist, it's now a racist term. Is you know you're turning ah oh, we're getting into the discussion, but it's about okay. You know well, we say? we don't. I
0: just I want the yes. clarity on. How you meant the term because I can't just leave it there without having some <laughs> well, frame of reference. Well, we're so I'm going to have
2: to. I'm going to have to listen to the podcast and then we can talk about monkeys next episode.
0: Okay, because like I said, along you- with
2: these three issues, because it, it's kind of it, it speaks about it speaks about you know when you take back a word and you want to use it for positive for, for positive intentions like you know black people use the N word and only they're allowed to use it and, and they use it as a positive not a pejorative so much. Yeah, that's my understanding. Right. There are things that are already a positive, or not related to race, but then we seem to be like, retarding, and now interpreting it as a, as a positive thing. Like they're taking it, they're taking it back in the negative direction rather than the positive. So that's an interesting, uh, that's an interesting topic in itself.
0: Yeah, um, you say monkey over here, then you're gonna have some problems. So it's it's a it's it's a huge issue. Um, and then like, I don't know how you guys over there talk about it but like we like you just said like retarding like we would never say that over here we would say yeah, but, that, again, that's a
2: cl- but that's a clinical term that's mm-hmm. being that's being you people are saying you can't use that because it's offensive but that's a clinical term for a mm-hmm. specific thing so language is being language is being manipulated to not upset other people when it wasn't a word to upset it's just that some people have used it maybe
0: to for upset others and now we're saying
2: no you can't use that word now and I deliberately used it mm-hmm. in this conversation.
0: Okay. So, yeah, we, we definitely have enough for another episode. <laughs> <laughs> but
2: do people want to listen? Um, I think, but do, need, do you need to give me a break again?
0: Um, no, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to do it. I haven't had time to check the numbers. Um, I'll try to get that to that uh, tomorrow maybe because I'm, I'm pretty busy okay. doing other things, working, trying to pay the bills. Um, okay, but I'll trilogy get to could it. be cool Yeah. <laughs> but um I, th- I think this was um, a better podcast I think we kind of got to more substantive topics So I'm, I'm happy about that I think last time we were just kind of shooting the breeze, shooting the shit
2: Really? I thought it was just an explainer Yeah. More of an explainer than anything I, I Because I thought we were deliberately not trying to get into anything You just wanted we, me to we explain were. this
0: part of the world So yeah, I'm I'm very happy about this. I I like that last episode. (laughs) I'm not saying it was a bad episode. I'm just saying (laughs) this felt more like we had more of a direction with the conversation.
2: Okay, okay.
0: In my opinion, good. Okay. Um. So yeah, I'll I'll get with you and we'll figure out uh, when you want to come back. I want to have you back soon. So it's up to you. Okay. Cool. All right, man. Enjoy your day. I know it's morning over there. It's it's night over here.
2: 842, 842 AM. Yeah, 742 PM here.
0: Okay. Well, not too late for you then. Yeah. All right, man. Okay, thanks, Matthew. I'll see you Take soon. Care. You too.
2: Sure. Mm, bye. Bye bye. Bye bye.
0: All right. Uh, episode thirty eight, I believe. Jonathan JK Morris. Let's go ahead and go to the playlist shuffle and see what happens.